So just like James said, we want to explore the area of fasting today. It's a spiritual instrument we have in our armory. Um, I just want to tell you or encourage you why fasting is important. Not so much how many days you're going to fast or what you're going to fast. I want to tell, I want to try and explore the idea behind fasting, why we need to fast as we press into this year of conquest and year of victory. And I'm already sensing victory in the atmosphere. I'm just excited what God is going to do. So can I ask you to pray just for now, just by your head, pray. I'm sure you didn't come to listen to me. We need the Holy Spirit in this place. So pray that the Holy Spirit will come, that will visit you wherever you are in your journey, that the Holy Spirit will speak to you, will minister life to you. Not the letter, the letter kills, but the Spirit gives life. That's what we want here today. The life will come. Ask the Holy Spirit to fill this room. Holy Spirit, fill this room. Shekinah glory, sweet perfume. We need your presence. We need you, Holy Spirit, fill this room. Holy Spirit, fill this room. Shekinah glory, sweet perfume. We need your presence. We need you. Holy Spirit, fill this room. Holy Spirit, will you come? Fill every heart, every pain, every disappointment. Will you come and fill this place? Stir hope in despair. Bring encouragement. Will you inspire somebody today? Will you heal somebody? Will you deliver somebody? Will you do only what you alone are able to do? We give you praise and we thank you. In Jesus' name, amen. You're welcome. Um, So like we said, we want to... (laughs) See... The problem I have is I can look at you like this and I'm fine. But when I want to read something, I've got to put this on. Now, the thing is, if I finish reading what I'm reading, to look at you again, I need to take off my glasses. And then sometimes along the line, I will think my glasses is on my head, and I, but it might be in my pocket. So expect any level of maneuver today is all part of the prayer. Hallelujah. Glory to God. So, I'm reading. (laughs) Biblical fasting is voluntarily abstaining from 
something we normally consume. And, and that could range for a lot of things, depending on where you are, especially food. So I'll probably focus on that, to focus on God. Fasting is an important weapon in our spiritual warfare kits as we seek breakthrough individually and corporately in this 2020. Um, can I just send a disclaimer that um, fasting does not change God because it doesn't change. 1 James 17, it says every good gift and every perfect gift comes from above, from the Father of light, whom, whom, with whom there's no variable, variations or subject, or subject to change. That's the God you serve. He says in Malachi 3, verse 6, he says, I, the Lord, I do not change. He says in Isaiah 40, verse 8, he says, the, um, the grass will wither, the flower will fade, but the word of God abides forever. It doesn't change. Hebrews 13, 8, Jesus Christ, yesterday, today, forever. He is the same. He doesn't change. But guess who changed? Us. Bible says in Numbers 23 that God is not a man that he should lie. Or a son of man that he should repent or change his mind. Whatever God has said, he brings it to pass. It is us. We, we, make, we say this tomorrow, we change our mind. I said, um, today do us part. Tomorrow I said, mm, I didn't say that to you. We change. We are very flimsy. We go high, we go low. Today I said this to you. Tomorrow I said, did I say that? So fasting has to really do with us. And, 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 and that's, I want to explain or explore the re, what fasting. See, today is 26th of January. We still have a lot of days in this year that we will continue to press for victory and for breakthrough. If you look at um, Luke chapter 1, you know, after a series of, if you fasted, after a number of period of time, your body begins to go weak. And um, the natural thing to do will be to eat. But then if you then change that and put that to God, you say, Lord, I just dedicate this thing to you. The right thing to do is to eat. But I just put my focus on you. There's just something about that that um, just give an edge to your request. It just... Um, take you out of the ordinary to the, to the supernatural. And we look at um, Luke chapter 1. It's going to come at um, Luke chapter 1, verse 2, and Luke chapter 14. This is Jesus starting his ministry. And the scripture says that um, Jesus was led by the Spirit into, into the wilderness where he fasted for 40 days, and then he became hungry. Um, he didn't say he, become, he became thirsty. He was hungry because he, was, he, he, he fasted from food. But he was drinking water because if he was thirsty, if he wasn't drinking water, he was thirsty as well. But then notice that Jesus went into the wilderness full of the Spirit. But in verse 14, when he returned, he returned in the power of the Spirit. So there's one thing to be full of the Spirit, and the other thing is to walk in the power of the Spirit. And those are the things we want to be looking at. That 
We cannot make anything happen of ourselves. We need the power of God. In these days, as we press on, we need the supernatural of God to do mighty things. So Jesus entered the fast full of the Holy Spirit but returned in the power of the Spirit. And one of the three things, in Matthew chapter 6, Jesus said three things. Um, He says that... um, we give us, we thank God for this church. We're generous in giving. A lot of you give sacrificially. Jesus says, when you give, in verse 1 and 2, when you give, it's not if you give, he says, when you give. You never come to a believer who struggles to, well, it's a struggle to pray, but you know you ought to pray. It's not if, as if, if is when you pray. But then Jesus then said in, in verse 16 to 18, it says, when you fast, Matthew chapter 18, and when you fast, do not look gloomy like the hypocrites. It says, for they disfigure their faces, that their fasting may be seen by others. Truly I say to you, they have received their reward. There's a the reward to fasting. That's what Jesus said. But when you fast, anoint your head and wash your face, that your fasting may not be seen by others but by your father who is in secret and your father who sees in secret will reward you openly. So we're setting times aside as a family. We're a family. So we're not, it's not that we're bragging to each other. We're just saying this season, we want to engage God in fasting. So that's separate to this, you understand? But there's a reward to fasting. Um, I want to talk about... um, As we journey this year, that there will be no spectators and we need to position ourselves uh, and that should be a motivation for us. A couple of years ago, I was going through a struggle, a trial of my own. Everything just seems not working. And um, I remember one morning, I just stood up and praying and, and the Holy Spirit said to me, you cannot be a spectator in your own life's events. Everything is just going, and you just sit down, not doing anything. He said, you have to be an active participant. So you've got to turn up for your life. You have to take some responsibility for your life. And, um, as, uh, and the Holy Spirit was uh, encouraging me along the line that um, as the day goes by, God has given me provision. In, during the worship time, somebody came and told us, Rob, about spiritual warfare that we're in and the things that are our responsibility to do, to put on the whole armor of God. On Thursday, we were praying here for different things. And there's the tendency for us, if you've been prayed for, to say, I haven't seen anything change yet, but you don't need to, you, have, you don't have to put pressure on yourself but you've got to put pressure on the promises of God. That's why you need to be thankful. Say, Lord, I thank you. The Bible says that I will lay hands upon the sick and they shall recover. People have laid hands on me. I thank you that I'm going to recover. My doctors might not think so, but I give you praise. How many people know that um, the truth is not always the fact? You can be walking to a reality that is a fact to you, but does not necessarily mean the truth. Jesus says you will know the truth, and the truth will set you free. So the word of God comes to be the final say in your life 
and, and, and my life. Um, I, I believe Jesus came for a complete man, spirit, soul, and body. If you look at 1 Thessalonians 5.23, it says, may the, this is Paul writing to the church of Thessaloniki. He says, may the, may the God of peace himself sanctify you completely and may your whole spirit and soul and body be kept, kept blameless at the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. Um, you are a spirit. You have a soul and you live in a body. And, and your soul in a, is an expression of your emotions, how you feel. An expression of your desire, what you want. An expression of your thoughts, what you're thinking about. Now, it is important that as a child of God, your thought pattern and your desire and your emotions are with the spirit. Because the enemy knows how to manipulate us. And, and, and so when, when Paul was praying this prayer, I was praying for a complete man. We are filled with the spirit, but we still live in the body until we exit this planet, that is. In Matthew, you will see what Jesus meant by this in, in Matthew chapter 26, verse 41. This is Jesus in the Garden of Gethsemane. And he came to a place in his life that this is when he was approaching the cross. And, and um, he, he took... Um, Peter, Peter and the two sons of Zebedee, James and John, and they began to pray. And, and, but when he came back, they were falling asleep. And Jesus said to them in verse 26, he says that watch and pray that you might not fall into temptation. He said, for the spirit is willing, but the flesh is weak. He wasn't speaking to their flesh. He was speaking because the flesh wants to sleep. The flesh does not want to fast. It's just like comfort, lying on the beach and letting the sun pass. But the spirit of God, Jesus says, when you, are, when you are doing this thing, don't be asking your flesh. Ask your spirit. The spirit is willing, but the flesh is weak. Look at Galatians chapter 6, chapter 5, verse 16 to 17. Paul writes, says, but I say, walk by the spirit, and you will not gratify the desires of the flesh. For the desires of the flesh are against the spirit, and the desires of the spirit are against the flesh. For these are opposed to each other to keep you, to keep you from doing the things you want to do. You to do what you want to do. Your flesh and your spirit, they are always in conflict. It says in one Corinthians, this is, see, this is Paul who wrote about the grace of God. He says in one Corinthians chapter nine, verse 25 to 27, he talks about athletes. He says, every athlete exercises self-control in all things. They do it to receive a perishable risk, but we an imperishable. So I do not run aimlessly as we're approaching this year, make sure you're not running hip aimlessly. I do not box when it's spiritual battle, as one beating the air, but I discipline my body. I keep it under control, lest after preaching to others, I myself should be disqualified. I discipline my body. God will not come and discipline your body. This is what you do yourself. Paul says, I'm what I am by the grace of God. If anybody knows grace, it's Paul. But he says, I still have this responsibility to discipline myself. Everybody here is a preacher. If you believe in Jesus, you might not be standing here, but you're preaching, whether it be at the school gate or you're dropping, dropping kids at school or you're at work. Whatever you're doing, your life is a message. Your action is a message. So that after you preach to others, Paul says, you will not be a caster. 
I'm saying that because there's a responsibility with us. Um, there's a, a man called Charles Spurgeon. I was reading in Matthew 17, there was this guy came to, um, to Jesus. He says, I brought my son who is demon possessed. I brought it to your disciples, but they could not do help me. And so Jesus rebuked the devil and the demons went away. And the disciple came to him and said, why can we not do this? Because we tried. Jesus says, in, in, uh, in the verse, um, verse 21, which is not in Moses, if you look at the bottom of your Bible, I didn't put it there because I didn't want to talk about it, but the commentary in verse 21, that's where Charles was writing, and this is what Charles Spurgeon says when, it's, when, when he refers to Jesus saying, but this kind never comes out except by prayer and fasting. So he says, he that will overcome the devil in certain instances, must first overcome heaven by prayer. <laughs> the voice that heaven hears is the prayer of the saints in Jesus' name to the Father. He says you must first overcome heaven by prayer and conquer himself by self-denial. You have to conquer yourself by self-denial. I've, I have, over my short space of time in this year, I've come to understand that self-humbling is an antidote to getting control of myself. I'm a very weak person, very inconsistent. But I find from the scripture that I can check my body because of this thing. So I'll explain something. Let me just explain this before I get into that. So if you look at... Um, 1 Peter 5. This is how things go. So I want to look at 1 Peter 5, 5 to 6, the second part. It says, clothe yourself, all, all of you, with humility uh, towards one another. For God opposes the proud, but gives grace to the humble. He says, humble yourself, therefore, under the mighty hand of God, so that at the proper time he may exalt you. James chapter 4. Or do you suppose... Five to seven, do you, do you suppose it is no purpose that the scripture says he, he yearns jealously over the spirit that is made to dwell in us? But he gives more grace. Therefore, it says God opposes the proud but gives grace to the humble. So submit yourself, therefore, to God. Resist the devil and he will flee. Submit yourself to God. Resist the devil and they will flee. The power to resist is in the submission. I cannot be coming to you, telling you certain areas of my life that I've not been dealing with, that I'm walking in disobedience, and I expect myself to be able to minister that word to you. The word of God is a double-edged sword. If any word here today caught you, know that I'm already bleeding from the word. I want to submit to us as we go through and are seeking God for breakthrough that God requires of us to be humble people. I find in Isaiah 58 that anytime you talk about fasting, you're talking about being humble. Look at Isaiah 53. I start from verse um, it's 3 to 9. I start from verse 3. It says, why have we fasted and you see it not? We have humbled ourselves, and you take no knowledge of it. How did they humble themselves? Because of the fast. And God says, behold, in the day of your fast, 
you seek your own pleasure and oppress all your workers. In other words, when we're fasting, even though it's something personal to God, what we do outwardly matters. It says we have to fast with good intention. This is what it's trying to say. Behold, your, your verse 4, you only fast to quarrel and to fight and hit with a wicked fist. It says fighting, fasting like yours this day will not make your voice to be heard on high. It says, is such the fast that I choose, verse 5, a day that a person to humble himself? Is it just that? Is it just to bow down his head like a reed and spread sackcloth and ashes under him? Will you call this a fast and a day acceptable to the Lord? It says, verse 6, is not this the fast I choose to lose the bonds of wickedness, to undo the straps of the yoke, to let your press go free, and to break every yoke. Is not to share your bread with the hungry and bring the homeless poor into your house when you see the naked to, clothe, to cover him and to not hide yourself from your own flesh. Verse 8, then shall your light break forth like dawn and your healing shall spring up speedily. Your righteousness shall go before you, and the glory of the Lord shall be your rear guard. Then you, will, you shall call, and the Lord will answer. You shall cry, and he will say, here I am. If you take away the yoke from your midst, the pointing of, fing, of the finger, and speaking wickedness. I say this to us because when we begin to use this um, discipline of fasting, it is to begin to look within ourselves. I look at my lifestyle. It is to check myself. It is to discipline myself. If you, if you put your place to be able to submit ourselves to God, you know our body makes so much noise. Sometimes it's like a hindrance. It's always in the way. Somebody, you, you come out of church, you hear a good word, and you tell yourself, my goodness, I'm going to do something about this. But the moment you walk out, something that happens. And then you that you have made up your mind here now, you face this situation and you just feel like you flopped again. That I'm not moving any further. It is the weakness in us. And we have those responsibilities to begin to deal with them. Not by our own might, but by the submitting ourselves to the will of God. And we come to a place where we find that we tell God, I've come to the end of myself. I thought I could fix these emotions running riot in my life. I, I thought I could fix this desire that is driving me crazy. I, took, I, th- I think I can fix this mental shift in my life. But you come in the time of fast, say, Lord, I'm helpless. Unless you do something, unless your grace is... Re- becomes a reality in my life. I'm a fraud and a mess up. It is a sequence of that. In my own life, I found that I've been able to discipline myself and break away from certain habits that are not really helping me in my journey with Christ. It is not the work of a flesh. It is the grace of God. That's what Paul is saying. He says, I beat my body. That's Paul saying it. I make it my slave, so that after, because somebody has to be taking control in your life. Is it that your spirit life or your flesh? 
And your flesh will drive you to the grave. Ask people with addiction. It drives them to the grave. Until God got hold of me, alcohol was taking me to the grave. But the Holy Spirit, when it broke through my life, change happened. I'm just saying that I'm encouraging us to begin to employ this agency called fasting to speed up our spiritual work with God. It has a cutting edge to it. It's difficult, it's hard, your body is crying. I'm sure tomorrow as you wake up, the first thing you, you think about is, what am I going to have for lunch? You get to work, that is when somebody's birthday is happening and they bake the cake and they put it there and you couldn't tell them you're fasting. It's a struggle with yourself. You know, every time I tell myself I'm going to fast, as soon as I get under the shower, my body, my tummy is rumbling. I'm thinking, <laughs> some days I didn't even, I don't plan to fast. I just remember I've not had anything to eat. But when I decide to fast, some, my body just begins to, as soon as I'm, if I, when I'm going to bed and I'm, I'm thinking, oh, tomorrow is fast, as I'm waking up, my body just can't, making all kind of demands. The devil is a liar. Jesus is Messiah. I'm just going to, um, just for time. You know, you can fast personally, and then we can fast corporately, like we're going to begin to do now. And I want to share just two examples. And then, um, because I'm looking at the time, and I'll just um, try and bring it to a conclusion. So in Ezra chapter 8, Ezra in the Old Testament, Ezra is preparing to lead a band of returning Jewish exiles. So from Babylon back to Jerusalem. Ezra had two choices. He has connection with the emperor of Persia. He could ask him for help because the journey that they are going to take is full of hazard because they're traveling with their kids and there some articles from the temple to worship God. So in verse 21 of Ezra, it says, Ezra said, I proclaim the fast there at River Ahava that we might humble ourselves. That's that word again. The fast was to humble themselves. It says, before I go to seek from him a safe journey for ourselves and our children and all our goods, for I was ashamed to ask the king for a band of soldiers and horsemen to protect us against the enemy on our way. Since Look at, since we have told the king the hand of our God is for, is, is for good on all who seek him, and the power of his wrath is against all who forsake him. So we fasted and implored our God for this, and he listened to our entreaty. That's what fasting do. As we engage this year, we've made a covenant with God that we're not going to ask for the help of men, but we trust our God to give us breakthrough in this year, 2020. You don't seem you believe that. <laughs> that God will give us breakthrough. Okay, that God will give me breakthrough in 2020. I don't know about you, but there's breakthrough. We have to be confident about this. The guy said, we've told the king that the hand of our God is sufficient to help us. So we don't have to ask for the help from men. 
It doesn't mean you don't need men assisting, but I'm just going to use some wisdom. Now, um, I want to talk about also formation in Acts chapter 13. Bible says Acts chapter 13, there was, um, now there was in church of Antioch, prophets and teachers, Barnabas, Simeon, who was called Niger, Lucius of Cyrene, um, Manian, a lifelong friend of Herod, the Tetrarch, and so while they were worshiping the Lord and fasting, the Holy Spirit said, set them apart for me, Barnabas, and Saul, for the work to which I have called them. Then after fasting and praying, they laid hands on them and sent them away. This is the beginning of Paul's missionary journey. He was being commissioned for Paul for the great apostolic ministry began by fasting. In Acts chapter 14, verse 23, and when they have appointed elders for them in every church, with prayer and fasting, they committed them to the Lord in whom they had believed. I want to um, conclude that prayer and fasting, they're in good company. No one fasts to express how content they are. People fast out of dissatisfaction. We want to see change and breakthrough, so we fast. Just sharing, um, if you're in the prayer meeting, Re brought the word in, in um, Second Chronicles um, 7.14. If the people who are called by my name will humble themselves and pray and seek my face, then will I hear from heaven and heal their, heal their land. How many people know there are so many places of our land to be healed, whether it be emotional healing, marriages that needs to be healed, disappointment, anxiety. What am I going to do with this, do with that? Our kids, our sons and daughters. We have church, we are 880,000. James keeps reminding us that we need to reach. We need the power of God. We need God to heal our neighborhood, our community. We need able to, God to heal our hearts for one another. We need God to heal this nation, this land, this country. We need the power of God. If Jesus fasted, for his own ministry. What gives us the right that we don't ought to do what he's doing or what he has done? If Paul, the apostle, fasted seasons of doing without food, what gives us the right that, that, that we, we don't need to fast? There's, around us, there's food everywhere to eat. Everywhere you turn, turn up, there's food. You do this food, you do that food. Sometimes we eat too much. And you don't have to eat and be full. Sometimes the only thing is that you don't have to be eat and eat and be full. Just eat just enough. But you eat a one more portion. Don't eat yourself to grave. Let's give some discipline to ourselves. So in fact, when you're fasting, maybe maybe your some of us are lunches. <laughs> <laughs> Some of us are lunches. If we are saving the money for our lunches, we'll have built a house <laughs> by now. I just, I just say that by example. But <laughs> save money and give to the poor. Look for somebody who hasn't had food for a long time. Give them, give them, save the money. <laughs> the money you save from food this week. Bless somebody with it. You're not going to die. I'm telling you. You won't die. They tell you that um, 
I'm not telling, in fact, I shouldn't say it because I, people can quote me on that, so I'm not going to say it. Because that's, that's personal, that's mine, so I won't, I won't say it. But I just want to encourage us all to fast. Because we're seeking breakthrough. We need God. We're just saying we have come to the end of ourselves. We need the prodigals to come back home. We're not, nobody's asking you to pay for them to come home. It's not yours. Jesus has died on the cross. He paid the price. We just want to enforce the victory. We, we ought, one of the things, when I'm, I'm much more vocal in my prayer when I'm fasted. Because I'm saying to the devil, I'm not eating what I should eat. Because I'm waiting on God for this thing to move and to shift. And I'm praying for it. And I'm saying my attention is all just there. Because every pain in my body is crying to God. Everything in me that wants something, that I'm denying it, I'm saying, Lord, I want to decrease that you might increase. Actually, when you fast, you actually decrease. You know that. You decrease in body weight. And I need to decrease in body weight. So, so it's good for me. Um, let me finish by this. I know my time is up. 1 Timothy 4, verse 8. For why bodily, bodily training is of some value? That's exercise with your body. Godliness is of value in every way, and it holds promise for the present life and also for the life to come. Godliness in terms of what we do, our giving, our praying, our fasting. If you have a membership fee, don't, um, um, subscription, don't throw it away because the book says it's good for you. Bodily training is good. It has benefit. But then spiritual is of better value. Let's rise on our feet. Glory to God. Glory to God. Glory to God. This is a year of breakthrough. This is a year that we've, some of us have dreamt of, that something can happen. Is there no balm in Gilead? The book says, then why are my people not healed? We need to be aggressive in our spirit and say, no, this has gone on too long. That the God that I serve is able to bring a change. Weeping may endure for the night, but joy comes in the morning. We want the day to break for healing to come. We want to, those doctors report, we want to be able to present it to them at the end of the year that my God reigns over doctor reports. That it can change things in my life. It can bring a, it can bring a solution to my marriage that's hitting the rock. That God can speak to my heart. The Christ, will you help us this year? We want breakthrough. We want to see the sick here. We want to see people in our community saved. We want to see the power of God. We want to see welling grow. We want to see Elton blossom. We want to see the six o'clock. We want to find a solution to even now. Six, six o'clock church. Um, um, what church? What's on this morning? This okay, the service here. This morning church. Ten o'clock. Father, we ask you that you help us. We've come to a place that unless you move, there's nothing else that can happen. Spirit of God, will you breathe on us? We need you. Come, Holy Spirit, fill our heart. 
Feel every crack in us, every disappointment. Stir our heart up. Provoke us, we ask. We bless your name. We give you the glory. For who's but like our God is a good God. His mercy endures forever. Amen.